0: Hey, all you Stouts and Porters! Welcome to another edition of Boys Are From Marzen, a woman and beer podcast. On this episode, I am joined by Carla Gazelle Streeter from Cincinnati State Brewing Science Program. She's also involved in the Cincinnati chapter of Pink Boot Society, so we talk a lot of great things about the Cincinnati State Brewing Program and what she does with the Pink Boot Society. So let's get started. Enjoy. Well, hello, everyone. I'm happy to be joined with Carla Gazelle-Streeter from Cincinnati State. Carla, how are you doing today? I'm
1: okay. How are you doing?
0: Well, I feel like I say this every day, but I'm hanging in there. It's weird times. <laughs> every, day is, every day is weird, but, um, you know, it's a yeah. good day. It's weather's out. It's hot out, but it's at uh, least really sunny and a nice day, so uh, that's Indeed. a positive. I feel like nowadays <laughs> your, your mood is always dependent on the weather.
1: Um, oh yeah definitely
0: I don't know know about you but over quarantine I think I looked at my weather app more than anything else
1: (laughs) (laughs) most likely
0: all right um, so why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself Um, just tell us uh, you know what your role is at Cincinnati State and uh,
1: yeah Uh, my role at Cincinnati State is I am the chair and of Professor of Brewing Science. Uh, It's a department I founded, I guess we officially became a uh, department in 2016. Uh, We offer an associate's degree in brewing science and a certificate in um, brewing and beverage sales and marketing. We're getting ready to add on a certificate in marine laboratory technology and we're also looking at kind of redoing our sales and marketing certificate, so it's more general business and you can take different tracks uh, before that i am the co-owner of the hopperdose beer blog based here in cincinnati uh, that focuses on beer events we're getting ready to relaunch that very soon And um, I've been drinking better beer since I lived in the Netherlands in 1984.
0: Um, And you mentioned that you founded the Cincinnati State Program. Why did you think Mm -hmm. that Cincinnati in Northern Kentucky in this area needed a program? What led you to? What led you to uh, found that program?
1: The history of Cincinnati, I mean, Pre-Prohibition, Cincinnati was one of the top three beer cities in the United States, along with St. Louis and Milwaukee, and has such a history. And a lot of those names are still around. Um, Christian Moerlein, Wiedemann, um, and Shane in some, some respects. And so it was one of those things, even when I started doing research and I'd go out and visit other schools, They go, yeah, this belongs in Cincinnati. The history there, the background, uh, as I always like to uh, point out, we are the home of uh, Jim Cook, the founder of Sam Adams. And uh, we just have an amazing beer scene here.
0: Yeah, I always mention to people about Sam Adams and Jim Cook. I'm like, the beer you're drinking, you know, that's made here. And they're like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, look at the can, look <laughs> at the label. And it says like brewed and packaged in Cincinnati. And they're like, what? Oh, so, but yes, um, as a female, so this is a obviously a women in beer podcast. So I'm, some of these questions are going to be um, questions about being a female. So what kind of, did you, what kind of, or did you experience any kind of challenges while founding the program and also while while being an educator of craft beer since you, as a female. Did you see anything that you felt like you were experiencing because you were a female in such a male-dominated industry?
1: It still happens. And in fact, I think one of the most uh, blatant ones, you were there. It was at Bockfest a couple of years ago. Um, and you've been with me when I've been at events mm-hmm. my husband Tom will come with me but he always yeah. sits about six feet or more away from the table and that wasn't because of social distancing at the time it was because if he sat there people would come up and start asking him questions well at Bacchus one time Tom wasn't anywhere near but our friend uh, Goggins, who runs the U.S. Open Beer Championship was sitting down and talking to me Guy came right up, even though I'm the one wearing the shirt, and he's wearing U.S. Open shirts, and the guy comes up to him and starts talking about the program, and when he left, Dow just looked at me, he goes, does that happen? I'm like, all the stinking time, um, and there'll be other things. It's gotten a little bit better, but when we first started, really started doing operatives and thinking about doing the program, I was always amazed that people would say, here, don't you want this fruity beer? And I'm like, no, give me double IPA. Uh, give me that big old fat stout you got there. And it's just these perceptions that just drive you nuts.
0: Yeah. I saw something the other day. It said, girls drink all beers or something. Or please mm-hmm. stop suggesting for me to drink a fruity beer or seltzer. Like, I want the stout. I want the double IPA. So... It is weird that there is that connection with women in fruity beers when in craft beer, it, it shouldn't be that way. It should be, like you said, I want a stout. I want the double IPA. I want the porter.
1: Um, That's uh, the bumper sticker in my car is from New Glarus uh, Brewery up in Wisconsin. And it says, real women don't drink light beer. <laughs> and it's like, yep. <laughs> That's
0: don't get me wrong we like light beer and so do men but we also like we like everything so exactly so men if you're listening don't offer us a fruity beer first (laughs) or seltzer or cider Um, and also i know you mentioned about being the founder of the program but what about Mm -hmm. as a craft beer educator have you experienced any issues with that being a female with students or just other faculty any that you can name think of it's
1: it's one of those things and this is more just in general is people tend to think about the only people who work in a brewery are the brewers and I'm always having to point out to people that I think the average is like for every one brewer in a brewery there's like 50 other jobs related to brewing that also gets that beer to you and you've got to keep all of those in mind Um, and sometimes Unfortunately, it's one of those things that we have wonderful female brewers coming up, but it seems like the jobs in a brewery that are more likely to be female held are more going to be the non-active brewing positions. Um, And so I try to always point those out. And that's why the sales and marketing certificate is so important because that's, again, a lot of times a... females don't always have the upper body strength that's mm-hmm. needed to do some of the jobs in brewing. I mean, you got people like me who are good Scandinavian stock. I, um, I'm not a problem, but, uh, as you all know, Kinsey, we've got people who weigh less than hundred pounds in mm-hmm. the program and them trying to pick up a, a half barrel keg and things like that. It can be an issue.
0: Yes. I remember, um, we did a collab brew with TAFS, and I even was having trouble lifting up a grain bag to lift it in the, um, the, yeah. So it, yeah, it is hard. What would you say kind of the breakdown of of female to male ratio students? Um, Well, before I say that, I completed the brewing marketing sales certificate and there were a lot of females in my class or my program. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a good mix. There was a little bit more females than men in that one. Um, but what would you say for the actual brewing science degree? What would you say the the ratio breakdown is?
1: I'm thinking it's about 20% female. Um, like I said, yours was an unusual class that we actually had. I think it was about half female, which was awesome. Um, and it's one of those things. Sometimes people realize that you know it's not for them, and they try something else. But we try to make it more welcoming. I mean that's. If you go back to the press uh, conference we had when we announced that uh, we we're getting ready to uh, start offering this degree, um, I said then, and I've said many times since then, that my whole goal in this program is to try to make brewing more diversified, more inclusive, um, and we're still working on that. That's you know we're trying to get more people of color, trying to get um, more international students. We've got one international student who should be finishing up this summer um, and, you know, try to get more women, trying to get people to realize what's going on. But that's also why we're expanding a little bit and starting to cover more general beverage topics so that, you know, the legal issues classes and just Legal issues in brewing—it's brewing and beverage—and maybe that's a way that we can start getting more people in.
0: Yeah, and I think that's great. Um, when I was there, we had a pretty good, like you said, ratio of women, um, female to men. Um, but it is also important to get people of color and then international students as well. I think that's great, especially right now, what we're going through as a society, um, and then with the the Black is Beautiful beers, you know, there's so, such an mm-hmm. emphasis on you know, diversifying craft beer. So it's great that you're working on it as a program. Um, You're also involved in the Cincinnati chapter of Pink Boot Society. So can you tell me what your role is with them?
1: I actually founded the chapter back in, oh boy, I think that was more 2014, 2015. Uh, It's had some fits and starts. And I have to admit, I was very relieved when the wonderfully organized and enthusiastic Astic, uh, Betty Bolas from Fibonacci took over as chapter leader. She's really taken what I started and made it incredible. Uh, We're still hanging in there even through uh, COVID times, having uh, Zoom meetings and getting together. And um, one of my favorite things that we've been able to do with Pink Boots is there's the, um, the Yingling scholarship that's available through Pink Boots. And there's only seven schools uh, that are eligible for that, and we are one of the seven, and uh, one of our students can get up to $10,000, uh, which would be a big chunk right. of the two years. I mean, that's the one thing, too. A two-year program and a community college is a lot less than even a year at uh, a big university.
0: Were you guys able to brew your Pink Boots uh, beer for International Women's Day? Before? Well, actually, this year, and this is something new. Again, I give credit to
1: Betty and Kat Finn, who was our Brew Day coordinator. Instead of doing just one, we scheduled one each month. Uh, and again, COVID's kind of changed a little bit about that, but we're doing, spreading them out throughout the year rather than trying to jam them into March, which is great that that's, you know, International Women's Month. But for us in Cincinnati, March is. Bockfest, and this year it was also um, Cincinnati Winter Beer Fest. And so trying not to do it all at once, spreading it out throughout the year has just made a lot of sense. And hopefully post-COVID we can get back to doing that.
0: So you guys will continue to do a Pink Boots brew once a month? Is that something you're going to do all year?
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. um, If go on our website and also I think our Facebook page for uh, Cincinnati Pink Boots, They've got a listing of who's where. We've had to reschedule some, uh, but again, trying, there were so many breweries that were wanting to do it. It just made more sense to spread them
0: out throughout the year rather than
1: try to cram them all into the same month.
0: So kind of going back to the the Cincinnati State Brewing Science Program, since you founded the program, have you seen, and this might be a, a very hard question to answer, a noticeable difference in the craft beer scene in Cincinnati and in Northern Kentucky, kind of the tri-state area
1: I mean it's been changing a lot um, period it's always amazing to me what's what's happening um, it's one of we have Jesus four or five of our students sla grads are working at right now We've got three at Ryan guys we've had between three and four at Braxton. And what's happening is we start seeing, you know, people start saying, hey, I went to high school with so-and-so, or I used to work with this person and they tell me to come in. And so we're getting more word of mouth. Um, And at first it was a lot of people who maybe had a homebrew background. Uh, And we're interested in that way. And now we're seeing more people who have a science background in some way already and are looking into, I've done that part of my life. I'm ready for my next career. So I'm going to add on my brewing knowledge, Um, which is part of the reason why we added the laboratory technology certificate. So we've had three people with phds and about a dozen with masters go through the program and it was they just wanted to have the brewing program they didn't they didn't need an associate's degree and so by adding their certificate it makes it easy for them to do it one year pick up the the classes that they need and be ready like to work in a laboratory at either a brewery or distillery or winery
0: i thought one of the really cool things about the program when i was there was um, I believe we had somebody who's 21 in the program mm-hmm. and then somebody who was in their 60s. And yes. it was such a range. Like, And she told me she wanted to start the program earlier, but she wasn't even, like, she was turning 21. So you had to, in, a, in the next month, but you had to wait another semester. And then well, the gentleman in his 60s was said he was just retired and, or he retired and wanted to start something new, but wasn't done working. And I think that's kind of the really cool part of the craft beer industry is like you can start it at any point um, yeah like you, you can go in at 21 or you can go in at 65 and um, it was cool to see that in a classroom you have a, such a range different range of ages
1: yeah it's always like trying to say that I mean community college students are always different than mm-hmm. the typical 18 to 22 year old college student but when you add the fact that students can't even start this program until they're 21 it raises the maturity level a lot uh, and so it's fine i was just telling somebody else in uh, our culinary foods uh, food science area that I can't tell you how many people I've had coming in my age in their fifties and they'll look at me and go, well, I'm not like most of your other students. And I'm like, no, actually you are the normal here. It's uh, no, it's like, yeah, it's been a while since you've been in college. That's okay. It hasn't changed that much. And um, yeah. And it's really interesting to see. And that's why all our classes are available either online or at night because so many people have, uh, nine to five, Monday through Friday jobs. That that's when they can take classes.
0: And to expand on your point, I think we had a couple of classes where little kids were running around, and we were all, or they're coloring in the back because mom or dad had to bring them because they couldn't find the babysitter, or their spouse is working. So, and we all just kind of yeah. help them, you know, t- babysit for the the hour, two hours, or three hours during class. So, it is a program that, if you're thinking about it and really interested in craft beer, that no matter your age that it's something you can do. And I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're into your, is it third or fourth year of the program or my way off?
1: Um, third, because it gets one of those things. We started offering the sales and marketing certificate in the fall of 2016. We started offering the degree in the fall of 2017. So we've had two May graduating classes. We've obviously had people who graduated either at the end of summer or end of fall, but we've gone through two full years, um, or yeah, (laughs) three. My brain is so fried.
0: (laughs) Okay, so my question is, in five years, you know, what would be your goal for this program? What would you like to see? (laughs) Well, hopefully
1: we'll be brewing and selling our own beer. That's been my goal for a while. And it's one of those things that's out of my hands. And I'm hope again, some, a lot of hopes and dreams have been put on hold for, uh, for a while. Um, I'm looking forward to, like I said, brewing our beer, own beer, selling our own beer, maybe hosting a festival on campus in some ways. Um, that we've talked about doing for a while now, and it's just never worked out. Um, Expanding, finding more, I mean, long-term goal, I'd love to have our own brewery with our own tap room and maybe a brew on premise facility. So people, there's a lot of times people want to brew beer, but, uh, but they don't want to get into the whole home brewing gig. They just want to come in and use somebody else's system. And I think, a school would be the perfect place to have something like that.
0: Can you tell people a little bit about the system that the brewing students use right now?
1: It's a Sapco brew magic. It's actually, it's what um, Sam Caligioni started Dogfish Head on. Um, So we've got history there (laughs) and there, it's also nice is they're a Toledo based company. So we were also getting equipment from Ohio based school, which is great since we're in Ohio. Um, It's, a really nice homebrew system. Uh, it's obviously you can use it for a professional. It's would be equivalent of what most people call a nano brewery. Uh, we are looking to get a second system uh, so that students, A, students have more opportunities and B, we have a second system type of system for people to get familiar with. Again, just coming down the line there. Um, but it's, it does what we need. And um, we're in what was originally built as a Garde Marnier, uh, culinary kitchen. And it is now our brewing science lab.
0: Yes, I have brewed on the system. It is really nice. Um, definitely when you walk into like a Rheingeist, all the tanks, it's a little overwhelming and it's a lot easier to kind of understand the process when it's right there in front of you and you can kind of see mm-hmm. what, you know, where the liquid goes from one tank to the another. Um, if someone was interested in the program, how would they go about contacting you, um, enrolling, kind of give your little your little uh, spiel on how someone would go about joining the program? The easiest
1: thing to do is just go to cincinnatistate.edu slash brewing. We have a landing page there. Again, that's cincinnatistate.edu slash brewing. It gives you links to all the curriculum so you can see what classes are involved um, for both the degree and the The current certificate, the laboratory technology certificate will be added probably later this academic year for being offered the first time next year. Um, We definitely said you've heard me talk a little bit about how many students transferring credit like yourself, like you did, Mm -hmm. and we can go through and see what you don't have to take those classes over again. So if you're going for the degree, no, we're not going to make you take English again or uh, Math, it depends. I'm always amazed how many times people can get through a college without a math class. Um, But there's only one, you only have to take one and uh, see how we can get you through as quickly as we can. You pretty much gonna take five semesters for the associate degree because the classes build on each other. So you have to finish this one before you go on to the next one. But I can say if somebody wants to start this fall the two first classes that you take in brewing are completely online. So it is easy to get that first semester under your belt without even having to stop on campus if you're worried about having any face-to-face interaction right now.
0: And as someone who did complete the, the brewing marketing sales certificate, you take a lot of classes about beer itself, um, whether it's intro to craft beer. Um, what's the, the off flavors class? um sensory evaluation sensory evaluation I loved that class it was so hard but it was one of my (laughs) it was I took it my first semester so it was a little intimidating but I still you know think about that class and you just learn an incredible you think you know beer because you drink it and you like it but when you actually learn about the science and the ins and out of it you just you leave just even the brewing marketing sales program with a whole new knowledge about beer and I think they they do you guys do a great job of hiring great professors who work at local breweries in Cincinnati so they really know what they're talking about. Um, So if you're, like I said, if you're thinking about it, want to get in the craft beer industry, have the availability and the the opportunity to go back to school, um, I highly recommend it. So that kind of concludes my questions about um, you and the Cincinnati State and the Pink Boots Society. So I just have some kind of fun beer questions at the end of this. one of them, what I like to, you know, you get the same questions like, what's your favorite beer, blah, 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 what's your favorite style? So my question is, if you could go on any beer vacation right now, drop everything, leave, where would it be and why?
1: Wow. I hadn't even really thought of that. Um,
0: right. I thought of that question. I was pretty proud of
1: myself. Yeah. It, definitely want to go to Europe. Mm-hmm. And it's just be... Whether I want to go to England and uh, actually U- the UK, you know, hit Ireland and Scotland and all that, or probably what I have to go with again, I lived in the Netherlands for a while. Um, I haven't been back there since 1984. I'd love to go back and really experience that beer now that I really understand beer. Because, again, I was 22 when I was there before, and so uh, I pretty much just drank Pilsners. Is my favorite. Two favorite phrases in Dutch are einpils, one beer, and is het toilet, because that's important. Uh, So, yeah, but, yeah, go back to the Netherlands and slip down into
0: Belgium for a while, that would probably be it. All right, now we're going to move on to the rapid-fire part of the podcast. So I'm just going to name two things and just real quick think. All right. Six pack of 12 ounce beers or four pack of 16 ounce beers? Six pack. Glass bottle or can? Can. Crowler or growler? Crowler. Sit at the bar or sit at a table? Oh, always at the bar. A New England or a West Coast IPA? West Coast. Seltzer or a cider?
1: Hey seltzer
0: <laughs> or neither i guess i should add that in there yeah peanut butter or coffee in your beer coffee Oh, well, that's it simple as that <laughs> just wanted to add a little fun fun oh, stuff in there great. after a little serious talk about beer and uh working in the industry well thank you so much carla this has been great you're my first interview so i was a little Yay. nervous but you made it a lot of fun um Hope everything... Well, before I forget, why don't you shout out your two cats? I see that I've been hearing in the background. Oh, three, actually. Three. I have Porter, Dunkle, and Miss Mia Milk
1: Stout. And Dunkle's on the table right now. So
0: I know. I, I could hear him, like, in the background. So I figured uh, yes. I'd let you give him a shout out. Yeah. And we used to have
1: box, so we're always... Refer, uh, we refer to our home as Beer Cat's Manor, so... Uh, <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much, Carla. I enjoyed this so much. You have a great day. Thank you, and good luck with the podcast. Thank you.